Hi, everyone. Uh, ChatGPT now has a, uh, a rival, a potential competitor in Google. They announced uh, their Bard AI uh, competitor for the search engine stuff. We're going to talk about that and uh, continuing on how people are using ChatGPT in new and interesting and potentially uh, weird ways. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Keith Shaw from Today in Tech. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, the new Google Bard AI, which is the big competitor. Uh, uh, CEO uh, Sundar Pichai, Pichai. I, sorry, I messed that up. But uh, he introduced basically the, uh, the competitor to ChatGPT, which has taken the internet by storm. In a blog post, he basically told that they're gonna, he told employees that the company will be enlisting every Googler to help shape Bard through user testing event in the spirit in the spirit of an internal hackathon, according to a CNBC post. Um, what's interesting about this is that the, there is now competition in the space. So I, I want to bring on uh, someone who has been using and experimenting with. Uh, uh, chat GPT in his own courses. Uh, this is uh, Alex Lawrence. He is a professor at Weber State University. Alex, how are you? Nice. To, uh, welcome to Hi. the show. Good. Thanks for having me. Fun, uh, fun to be here. Yeah, you've got some interesting takes on on how you've been using um, Chat GPT and some of the other AI tools in, in your classes. But first, I wanted to ask you, like, what's your thoughts on today's announcements uh, from Google? Like, um, is this is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Like, you know, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, I guess initially I'd say it was fairly anticlimactic, you know, in, in the sense that, that uh, you know, it's not surprising. I think for me, it was a little bit surprising how quickly they moved to make a public announcement about this. Google's been investing, you know, a significant amount of time and money into AI stuff behind the scenes. They've just been really reticent to, to share it. And yeah. uh, I think you know, ChatGPT forced their hand for sure. Right, especially after then Microsoft then put all that money into into investing into OpenAI. Um, I, I think probably a lot of the Google investors were like, uh, okay, what are you guys doing, right? And is, is that typically what happens at, at those big companies? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Bing is, is a very low on the list of, of search engines that are interesting. Um, and get used, and and certainly Microsoft products. Think about you remember the little paperclip? They oh, tried clippy, to yeah, 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 clippy as as AI back in the day. And so, but if you're if you're Google, particularly, you know, this is a real uh, threat. I mean, I'm sure you saw Sergey and Larry came out of retirement, to, not retirement, but they're they're back committing their first lines of code in very long time. So yeah, this is a, a significant threat. But I think uh, people are quick, not people, I've seen people that I think are quick to underestimate Google. Right. And so what was interesting about the announcement, that we haven't, there hasn't been a lot of digging deep into it yet because Google is not opening it up to everybody. Unlike with ChatGPT, you can just sign up for an account and try it yourself. I think that's what made it so popular from you know, around the world is that anybody could try it and then come up with goofy ideas or try to get it to do something. Uh, Google, it being a you know public company, and you don't want to sort of introduce liability and be seen as you know do allowing for evil things like some of these other startups that necess don't necessarily have that liability behind it. They're going to limit the number of people that can sort of get into it uh, initially. Um, do you what do you think of that strategy is that is that sort of they're just playing it safe at this point or or is this a good strategy for them yeah i mean i, I think they are playing it safe but i think you'll find that it's going to be available for some sort of beta use pretty soon i don't see them you know waiting six months before the 
you know, the, the general public or at least large groups of the public can have access. I'd be surprised if we're not messing with something, at least as an early beta, sign up, wait in line kind of thing within 60 days. Yeah. And and I don't know, I didn't I didn't read a lot into it yet, uh, but do you think that they're going to have information and updated uh, data sets from like post 2021? Because that's where the chat GPT stuff ended. So asking it newer questions of stuff that have happened this year or last year, uh, you can't really get that from chat GPT in terms of their answers. Uh, does the, do you get a sense that maybe Google will have that information in its, in its data sets? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. first of all, ChatGPT is going to have that stuff soon as well. So, I mean, yeah. that's not going to be a, a real uh, differentiation here soon. But, yeah, that's where I think people are, are largely underestimating Google because if there's a company on Earth that has more data, I'd be surprised. Um, at least, you know, they're going to be in the top three to four or five at the, at the most. And so they're sitting on just trillions of bits of information that uh, that they're immediately going to access, and if you, I mean, if you think about AI, that's really what it's doing: is it's gathering information from a variety of sources and learning and learning and learning. So, since they've been doing this behind the scenes for a long time, I don't think it's going to be this quantum leap for them to release something that your original question is is very current, extremely current. Yeah, yeah. We've um, so we've done a couple of of episodes around ChatGPT. Obviously, when it came out, and then when it really kind of exploded, especially in the in the art space too, where it's creating images that are really cool to look at versus some of the early experiments. And uh, so we monitor pretty much uh, a lot of articles about what people are doing. And so the, some recent ones that I wanted to get your opinion on. So uh, tonight is the State of the Union uh, that, uh, that President Biden is going to be uh, delivering to Congress. And so there was an article where uh, a company, or no, the Associated Press actually used ChatGPT and they asked it to write the State of the Union uh, address as in the style of some other famous people, um, including, yeah. <laughs> including uh, Elvis, Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, Shakespeare, at like, and so they 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 posted on this article what they what they wrote, and they did one in the style of of Jerry Seinfeld, which is kind of amusing, but it's like. If you read the stuff, it's like, you know, he's, I'm going to do my a really bad Jerry Seinfeld here. So he's Let's like, we've got the it. top bun, which is all the good stuff. We've got the economy, which is looking pretty tasty. Oh my gosh, that's not actually too bad. But, but you get the point, like, you know, this imagination that people are actually using to then have ChatGPT write something. Um, I find that really fascinating. And so, and, and that would actually make the State of the Union, I think, more entertaining anyway than whatever they're going to put out. But I would imagine that maybe they're actually at the White House, they're probably even using it to maybe come up with some, some general themes to help write the speeches too. Like, you know, what do you think yes, of, about that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised if every writer isn't at least messing around with it right now, whether right. it's the world's biggest speeches or not. I think there's an interesting kind of potential dark side to this. I saw that and it was hilarious. And that was actually a pretty good impersonation, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give up my day job right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it was still it was still pretty good, though. I think, uh, you know, there's some controversy that that up until recently, if you asked ChatGPT to write and do certain things about Trump versus Biden, you know, it was available, not available. And this isn't a political discussion, but right. just interesting how it's starting to learn. So, but I think there's a, a kind of a uh, concern slash intrigue about a dark side to that. If you start um, training AI to really learn how to speak just like somebody else, and you you add that to some some AI voice uh, training, 
to get the right inflection and diction and tone and all those kinds of things, you can start to make some pretty compelling, uh, at least voice, uh, deep fake stuff right. that really gets kind of a little bit scary. Yeah, you know? but for the there, 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 was a, there were a couple of uh, articles that came out about that. I think Microsoft even had a, an example and they, they didn't allow anybody in the public to do it, but some other companies did. And uh, some people on the 4chan board were able to duplicate Biden saying things that he would never say in real life. Um, yeah. In fact, we're going to talk about that probably on, a, on an upcoming episode with um, some other some other experts out there. And, um, you know, I know that there's also some bias that's built in. Um, people are people have found that. Uh, if you use certain terms when you're asking them to write a performance review, example, Fast Company had an article about this. Uh, if they said, you know, give a performance review for a bubbly receptionist, and then it automatically added the word she to it instead of, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, yeah. a he or a they or anything like that, mm -hmm. assuming that you were writing about a, a, a woman versus, and then like write a performance review for a strong construction worker, and it came up with he. And so, right. again, the, the bias that, that is introduced in this, whether it's, you know, gender based or even racial based, I've, we've got to figure that out before we start using this and accepting this as a, as a kind of a, a way to go here. Um, there was, a, oh, and then, so the, there was one other article I wanted to, to, to talk about was um, uh, PC Gamer actually did an article about uh, a student who took the chat beat chat GPT stuff in terms of being yeah. able to write, connected it to a 3D printer that had a pen on it, and then it was basically able to write its response out for this question or the essay in his own, not in his own handwriting, but in a, like a handwriting style. Um, because again, one of the early things that, that came out about ChatGPT was people using it to then basically cheat on essays or look up answers or write essays like that. Uh, and so he figured, well, I'll just have, you know, so a lot of us teachers were like, well, you have to handwrite everything out now yeah. instead of typing yeah. it out. And, and so, you know, that was one way. And then, you know, so there's this like arms race going on between people that are using it to cheat. And then, but then you've got people that are using it to like catch cheaters and things like that. You're in the education space. You're, you're a professor at, at Weber state. Um, you've got an interesting take on it too, that you are saying like that, that you're allowing your students to use chat GPT for things. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you're using it in some of your classes? Because you teach a lot about sales technology and things like that. So um, talk about how you're using it in your classes. Yeah. So, I mean, you used the, the phrase arms race and I, I'll just kind of riff off of that. If it is one, uh, education is going to lose. I mean, it's not a it's not a fair fight. And just I mean, you just look at the the tradition of technological innovation. And if there's alternative uses that, you know, people are going to find them, they're going to figure them out, they're going to open source them, they're going to host them in different places, yep. they're going to, and, and, you know, students are going to find them. Um, and so I, I had that, that uh, kind of thought very early on that, that I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend my time anyway, policing that kind of stuff. They're adults. And so yeah. uh, you know, you're, I'll use the tools that are available to help detect it, you know, and there'll be consequences if it does. But if they really want to spend, you know this, you can spend five minutes finding tools that you can cut, paste, spin it around, different vocabulary, different phrasing, different tone, put it back in. And I mean, good luck trying to find that as a, a cheating tool that, right. that catch that, right? So so that that realization was really quick for me that I feel like it's a losing battle to of cat and mouse or, or whack-a-mole or whatever game to do it. So so once I once I quickly um, realized that, I thought, okay. Um, you know, let's let's embrace it. 
let's let's and not only that i i feel an obligation in my classes which are very uh, hands-on real real world based no theory yep. that, that this is happening in the business world right now in a big way and when they are leaving school it's going to be you know even more prevalent it's going to be a, a, a very uh, uh highly used uh, tool in yeah. business yeah so so i've not only let them i've taught them how to use it i'm teaching them how to get better at, specifically with chat gpt with the prompts um and and understanding how they can use it but I just have a few rules that we can talk about in a second for that that sure. I think are really important. So, yeah. So yeah. So you do establish a couple of uh, baseline kind of rules to to talk about. Um, I think it's like you have to take the students have to take screenshots of their queries. Uh, that's one of them. What What are some of the other rules that that you implement? Yeah, and the screenshots are important because you kind of have to think like a cheater a little bit on these. Um, if it, if you just have them copy and paste text, that could be edited, right? So they screenshot. And, and to be clear, I'm encouraging to use tools that build PowerPoints for them, that create custom images for them, that do other other things, not just chat GPT, but they just have to disclose the tools they used, yep. screenshot how they used it, and then screenshot the results so I can see what... So that's 10% of their grade on an assignment. The remaining 90% is them interpreting that in their own words and not just interpreting it, but they do it in a in a presentation format. And my I have this thing called Alex's five immutable laws of a good PowerPoint presentation that <laughs> I've taught for years that requires them to do sh real short bullet points yep. that, that that they speak to, right? And so they can't they can't have notes. They're not just reading, you know, paragraphs of text on the screen. They actually have to internalize it and, and understand it well enough that that they can kind of teach it, which is, you know, like the taxonomy of learning. That's that's one of the highest forms of yeah. learning is being teach it. So Yeah, those rules should be used in, in, in corporate world too. I've I've still run into a lot of bad PowerPoint when I've seen some presentations oh. go. <laughs> hey, no kidding. I, I pound it. I'm like, look. This is there is only one right way to do a PowerPoint presentation, and this is it. Like, yeah. it, though I don't care what else you hear, like this is it. So I, I teach that in all my classes, but it's a particularly good way for them to to really show that they that they understood what it was. And there's two really interesting outcomes that one of them uh, I anticipated, and one of them I did not. If you'd like me to, yeah, sure, to go into those. sure. Yeah. So so the one an, an outcome that I anticipated is hey. If they if they follow the format, these brief bullet points, and they can explain it, whether it, if it's online, asynchronous, they record, you know, video, audio, so forth, um, and if it's in person, it's in person. That that they're gonna, um, you know, they're gonna grasp it better, uh, and also that that most students they're going out, they're doing a Google search. They're doing the best they can to find the information, but SEO companies and marketing firms, they're gaming those results, right? right? So they're not always the best. So they're doing the best they can, especially since this is a, a, a introductory course and the information they come out up with is, is varying degrees of, of okay to, to good, yeah. especially earlier in the semester. So what I'd hoped was this will shortcut them right to the good information uh, as a research tool that then they'll be focused on learning and sharing the right information and that has absolutely happened the quality of what they're learning and sharing early in the semester is significantly further ahead than i've been doing this for years right right and, and you know so so that's one um the the unanticipated outcome that is also really positive is in the in-person classes when they do this which by the way they can choose if they don't want to they can just turn in a traditional assignment say they didn't use any of the ai tools yeah uh, and go that route although some might require it but but anyway back to the other the the class was subjected that's kind of an aggressive term to, to previous semesters of listening 
to these that were, you know, varying degrees of okay to good. Yeah. And so some of the information they were getting or, or was being reinforced wasn't ideal, right? But now they're in, you know, an hour, two hours of classes, hearing this stuff from their peers in in vocabulary and language that their peers that they that they uh, that relates to them that's really good. Yeah. And so now they're learning the right stuff twice. And I think uh, down the road, I'm going to measure that. My my strong inclination is that they're, that they're, the quality of their learning is going to go up quite a bit. Did you get a sense when, when this first sort of started taking off that the students were bringing this to you? Or did you, because you've always had an interest in technology, that you sort of you know, got ahead of the curve? Um, and then are you getting any inquiries from either other people at the university or other professors you know, in terms of this is the right way to go or maybe, maybe I shouldn't do it this way? Yeah, I mean, as a lifelong uh, entrepreneur and, and tech person before academic life, uh, I've said many times, as soon as I stop bringing the cutting edge stuff to class, I'm done. I'm out. And so, uh, you know, my my personal and professional interests are new technology. So at night on the weekends, I mean, you're the same way, right? We're reading about stuff. We're following people on Twitter. So um, I was I, I bring stuff to them, I, I think, generally speaking. Yep. But I was surprised when I asked them only about 10 percent had heard of it before um, at the this was right at the beginning of January. Right. And so, uh, but of those 10 percent, they had not just heard of it. They'd been using it. And so the so the but the other 90 percent had never even heard of it. And so. Um, so that was a, a bit of a surprise. Um, the the as far as my department, uh, I'm lucky. I work in a really progressive, innovative department, yep. and and they're very supportive. And they're like, "Go for it, do it," and and we're going to watch closely. And and we talk frequently about it. Same with my my college, the the engineering and technology college. So I'm at a place where it wasn't scary to to try this stuff, which is an advantage in academia. There's a lot of places even still that have no idea what they're going to do. But I, I've, I've had a lot of inbound interest from other professors. I actually have a meeting after this today with the, the local school district, K-12. And so a lot of people are kind of trying to figure out, you know, what to do with this stuff. Yeah. Do you, do you get a sense, though, that you're also then talking about some of the pros and the cons of this? Or are you just sort of embracing it in terms of ways that students can benefit from it but do you also then explore maybe some of the dark side of things or is that not sort of what you need to do or in in, in your role no I, I i think it'd be foolish not to to consider those things and be aware of them and and because it's not a panacea here there's definitely some things that that you want to think through like i said with the way i've structured my assignments i really thought about how can you how can you beat the system here how can you use this because that was my immediate second thought when i saw it is this yeah. is the greatest cheating tool ever invented yeah. you know and so, yeah, no, I definitely am open about and address the kinds of things that it can do that uh, are going to be problematic. And to be clear, there are some disciplines that I, I'm really, I mean, if you're an English teacher, professor, uh, if you're not having people handwrite it in person uh, and they're, they're at all adept at finding these tools that will spin answers and, and essays into stuff. And I, I mean, I, there's some tough, there's some tough uh the arguments there for and against for sure. Yeah. I always felt like that in, in when I was going to school, that if, if, if it took more effort to try to, to figure out how to cheat, then it would be just, just to do the assignment, then it wouldn't be worth it. So we're, it now feels like we're at a tipping scale where it's so easy to get the answers. And then yeah. 
sort of massage it that maybe maybe you will start seeing more and more cheating. There was an interesting point that you raised up in one of your blog posts uh, on, on your site where you were talking about some unintended consequences. I want to bring up one, a couple of those. First, you said that for university systems, um, most of the people that are applying to schools, you have a transcript, right? You have, uh, so you get your grades in school, but then a lot of colleges, you have to get an essay now. Right, you have to write an essay in order to get into college, um, and so you, you were saying now that if you you may see a lot more people writing essays that are a lot better than they used to be. Can you kind of expand on that? Is that do you feel like that's a good thing or a bad thing, or like how should colleges react to a lot? All of a sudden, these college admission essays are really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so let me unpack that just a yeah. little bit. So most of them, you know, there's three categories. One is like a financial need of some sort, which you can't really fake it is what it is you know income and oh, stuff right, like that right. that was the third one yeah the other is your your academic results again is what it is yeah so the differentiator at least the scholarship committees i've been on is the essay really because uh, you know these other two kind of are what they are and, and you meet those boxes and so i've read lots of scholarship essays over the years and i can tell you the the gap in quality is quite wide and so you can tell that some spent very little time uh-huh. and others spent a lot of time um what i think is absolutely going to happen in these very next rounds of scholarships is there's going to be very few that will appear that they spent a little time. It, it, they're all going to be uh, much better. Right. And right. So, so the challenge is, is, uh, you know, is that, is that reasonable and fair because you've got these, these folks that, that really spend a lot of time and, and others that spent very little time and it's difficult to differentiate the quality. It's going to make scholarship dollars a lot more competitive which isn't that in theory, that isn't bad, but if it's essentially cheating on essay writing for scholarships where there's real need there, uh-huh. it's a tough one. And I, and again, I don't know how you get around it. Uh, maybe, right. Unless, maybe, yeah, unless you sort of use alive. the tools that can detect if an AI has written it. But if you take the basis for what they're going to give you, what, what chat GPT spits out. And then if you modify that and edit that and, you know, put in some personal examples, then it can't really tell. Right. No, and and yeah. there's, I mean, so you and might see like video interviews or live, yeah, live discussions. But but let me ask you this question: if you have if you have one screen with your ChatGPT kind of answers, yep. and you have your work document over here, and you're kind of reviewing it and typing in your own words, and kind of reviewing it, typing in your own words, and 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 if you laid them right on top of each other, there was some some strong similarity, right? Yeah. Is that cheating? Right. No, I don't think it is. Especially, yeah, I, and there I might even be some learning going on because you're reading it and then you're absorbing the information as you're retyping it or re- rewriting it or rewording it in theory. But, but historically, you couldn't really do that that easily. You'd have to go out to Google and search for all these articles. Right, and right. Maybe you find some articles that are good or not as good. And this, this, so this is, if it's used properly, it's like the, the, the ultimate research tool. Right? Yeah. The ultimate- time-saving research tool. Yeah, and then you also brought up the idea of uh, alumni donations potential. And this this gives a little this gives, this goes a little dark to be honest, Alex. The um, the idea that if we're graduate if if ChatGPT GPT and you know, these other AI tools are are helping students, they they might graduate more or you know more people will graduate and then become alumni that become successful and that might be an incentive for them to start donating back to the school. Um, you want to expand on that without getting into the, the tinfoil hat kind of territory? 
Yeah, and, and certainly wouldn't suggest that 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 people are going to do this. But was it the old Charlie Munger, uh, you know, from Berkshire Hathaway? Like, show me an incentive, and I'll show you a result, or vice versa of that. And so, you know, a lot of schools are funded based on uh, from a variety of sources, based on like graduation rates and and completion of degrees, and and how long it takes people to complete a degree. Yeah. So they these really strong incentives for those numbers to to get better, and I, and I think that's a good thing, right? Um, and so if, if AI and chat GPT and others make it easier for students to get passing grades, uh, at a cheating level, I'm talking about, cause everybody wants to, to help students get passing grades using uh, great tools. Right. right but if right. cheating is helping more students pass, helping more students graduate, helping more students even go to college because they feel like they can handle it or graduate faster because they can take more classes because they can do more. All those things will will uh, it, you know should, would potentially if at any scale would would increase the amount of funding and so you've got the folks you know generally in administration but in other places does that incentivize anyone at that level to to maybe look the other way a little bit yeah. or or even subconsciously persuade their their view on it and again I'm not not saying that's going to happen, but it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. And then you expanded on that a little bit by also then saying that this might allow people to graduate or to go beyond just a graduation. And you get into the whole lifelong, lifelong learning kind of aspect of it, of, you know, maybe that this will inspire people to go back to school and learn or learn something else. And, you know, it's sort of use that way to, to enhance what, what you're already doing. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. one of the most failed classes in colleges is like uh, across the country is kind of this basic math type stuff. And so I know a lot of students that drop out or essentially don't make it past. They can't get past the math requirements. And so, uh, you know, if they can get past them now because, you know, they're using tools like this or or they are, you know, they've been using the tools out in the real world. And they're like, hey, you know what? I can I can finish now. I can, right. I can do this again. Those aren't bad things. But they could be bad things if if they're just using them to cheat to to get get to those points. Right, right. So how how has the administration responded to kind of what you're doing with your classes? I mean, are they are they being supportive of of allowing you to use or the students to use these tools um, as long as you're monitoring that they're doing it in a good way? Yeah. So I mean, again, I'm really lucky at Weber State. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of academic freedom and. Um, they're very supportive. They're excited. I mean, they're, they they published a press release about this stuff uh, that went to everybody. So they're definitely, you know, out front yeah. saying, uh, you know, we're, we're excited you're trying this. And and I think, uh, uh, you know, it helps that I've got some guidelines. It's just not, not just the Wild West in my classroom. You right, know? right. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm fortunate. But that's not the case nationally. I know there's a lot of varying degrees of, you know, banning it and, uh, you know, blocking it from from uh, being accessed from the internet and different uh, places and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think whenever whenever there's a new technology, you get a lot of hand wringing and going, oh, and pearl. I like to call it pearl clutching, where you're just like, pearl oh, clutching, no, yeah. think of the yep, children. Yep. They're gonna. Um, <laughs> where where would you like to see uh, the technology go for the rest of the year? I mean. Uh, are you still hopeful about this technology? You don't think this is a fad that we're not going to be talking about this in a year or two. You think, I mean, this does look, it's from my perspective, it sounds legit with the amount of interest out there. Like, what are you hearing from kind of the academic space? Yeah. I mean, certainly new tech, there's a, there's a peak and then a little, you know, in terms of usage, right. Yeah. Everybody's using it all the time. So I expect that to, but, but the trend is going to be up and to the right. This is, I, I bet a lot that this is absolutely not a fad. This, I think this is the biggest thing, 
to hit business technology since the internet itself, uh, because not just because of without, without the hyperbole there, Alex. I mean, no, I, I believe it. I really believe it. I can. I mean, that's what you're asking for, right? I'm well, not, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to say it, but then when you say it like that, it sounds like you're just like, you know, the old Simpsons line. This is going to be better than ten Super Bowls, but I don't want to hype it up too much. Like, yeah, well, I mean, they, I guess I'm thinking uh, down the road what the kinds of things that are going to come from this. Yeah. You know, start start thinking about things like a Siri or an Alexa and having this kind of uh, immediate access to, to great, helpful inter- information and just time savings and stuff. And then how you integrate that into your home and your family. There's just a lot of ways if you want to that this can. Uh, but there's also these really scary things with deep fakes and, right, and, and right. jobs going to eliminate and, and all that stuff but there's going to be so much innovation that that i that that a version of what we're seeing now i think is going to continue to explode for the next however many years yeah my hope is at least for the rest of this year is that that companies open this up to allow everyone to try whatever they want like throw the pasta at the wall or you know throw everything at the wall and see what sticks because if you don't do it now and you just sort of integrate this tool into, um, and again, I'm going to blame Microsoft because they're going to be like, well, we're going to integrate this all into your office applications. And it's like, that's not what I want from it. I don't want, I don't want Outlook to tell me how to better write a better email or because there are tools out there that help you write better with, with word and things like that. If it becomes a corporate but, but a lot tool, of people do want that. I know, I know, want- I know, I know, but like no. personally me, I don't, right. I just right. like, I like, fun stuff like you know write write a state of the union address as if it was uh elvis presley um which is what they did here you know it's great to be here today (laughs) there's my other impression think about about this though i mean for the average user i need help creating a powerpoint presentation yes i I was gonna ask you yeah alex i was gonna ask you about that there are there are there are ai tools now that can actually just spit out a presentation you just tell it what you want and it sort of does this right yeah and and it's it's still early okay it, you know but it's gonna it's gonna create a template or an outline or a starting point a jumping off point that's that's better than most for a lot of people but but talk to me a year from now especially if it's integrated into office like let's say powerpoint again uh i think it's going to be I, I think you'll find a lot more people to use that than don't uh because it's going to be so integrated and so easy and that's why you know microsoft put 10 billion into uh into chat gpt because they they recognize that it's going to have a i mean think about spreadsheets i mean my, my, most people are really intimidated with spreadsheets uh yeah so, yeah i yeah i'm gonna raise my hand here and say the same thing right? like yeah i I'm, I'm totally i mean i use it for the most basic basic tables and just you know so if, if someone tells a formula to me it's like wow you're way over my skill in terms of spreadsheets so think about think about this like on the computer programming side which isn't it interesting that six months ago if you were if you were a parent and you just had to pick a degree or a field of work for your child to go into with no other information, you probably would have said like software developer or computer science or something, right? And now it's like, well, wait a minute, those entry level uh, coding jobs they 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 might suddenly be right at very risk. But what you can do with coding, and I can and you'll be able to do this with Excel. You can just tell what you want the like. This is the answer I'm trying to get. I want to know this. Yep. And it'll just say, okay, well, answer a few questions for me. And then it'll do all the equations, all the complicated stuff you just and, and for you, and then give you the 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 answer that you're that you're looking for. And same, so that kind of stuff probably would uh, make you you'd use Excel a lot more, which is what Microsoft is interested in, right? Well, Alex, you're the first person that actually made Excel sound exciting to me. 
I can, I can tell you that. So what I want on the PowerPoint side is the ability to add a picture that isn't a goofy clip art type type yes. of thing that everybody's used before. If I could actually create my own image as you know the perfect image that I want to use in my presentation and not have to rely on you know a hot dog on a skateboard for example or whatever yeah well, I mean with my students I'm asking them I'm asking them to do that yeah and so I mean it, this is a you have to be comfortable with discord and a little bit of of uh you know programming language right now but I'm having we, we made stuff like okay I want Michael Jackson moonwalking on top of the Berlin Wall right right and, and I want it to be 4k you know realistic not cartoonish and that blew their mind that in, you know, it took a little bit of time to process, but, you know, under two minutes, they got this in and, the, you know, and so the, then they were doing, you know, Harry Potter on a surfboard yeah. with a six pack. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, right? So, so yeah, that that is, it, it's a little, it takes a little bit of a, a advanced knowledge to, to get there. But in a few months, you'll be able to just type that into like a search bar type thing and, and images will pop up. And, and so I actually think that's a really fun, exciting, cool use for it. Right. I, I think the one that I went to that I got a lot of good uh, answers for was Elton John playing checkers. Um, it came up with some good ones there. And then I tried to get um, B. Arthur and uh, Alf the puppet. Um, yeah. Uh, showing your age doing something yeah i mean it was it was something goofy and um it just didn't it, it still can't get alf right <laughs> like <laughs> no, yeah the, so so think about this so think about creating imagery that or video right and yep. then adding the audio custom uh, along with so you could do your own state of the union you could have you know alf giving the state of the union and alf's address but in a seinfeld style right and if in, i could do that if i could do that without any programming knowledge or you know again my imagination is weird sometimes i come up with the goofiest ideas but you know if i could just type that in and then have the computer and the ai do all of that and then publish it forget it i mean the content you're going to come out with is going to be oh, is going to be it's going to be weird and fun at the same time i think Content creation pipeline is going to get insane. Yeah. So did you yeah. see? Did you see Google's new thing with music creation that they? No. Kind of no. Tell me about that. Yeah. So so basically, you say, okay, I want I want something with that sounds like '80s rock, but is only pianos. That's really acoustic. That starts out slow and ends with a banger. Then boom, it'll create a, a, a music that's just like that's completely original and so you can you can give it any kind of musical instruction so think about you know what that means for for you know you add your own track on top of it or you tell chat gpt to write a track for you right right uh, you know and the and this music creation just a, a you know really really cool uh, usage of ai what should we tell anybody that that might want to explore the dark side of of things um, mm -hmm. Like from from you know your your position as a professor, obviously you want to bring this up. You want to say like, hey, don't 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 do evil with this. Or if you do, I don't know. I, I would just tell people not to do evil and hope that they uh, trust me. But you know, we are seeing things like it. You know, these deep fakes that are trying to you know imitate someone's voice or. Um, Oh, the list is just the list is pretty weird. Like you know, oh, uh, the one the one example I use a lot is uh, the the hackers that are using ChatGPT to write emails that sound like they're written by a human to get you to give them money because uh, at least yeah. that was the last offense when you got one of these emails. You know or that that the famous spam. Oh my, you know my cousin's in Nigeria and I've got all yeah. this money. It's like okay, yeah. I know that one now. Um, right. So how do you how do you then tell your students? Do you, you know, do you tell them to, well, explore the dark side, but don't cross the line or, 
you know, what's your position going to be on that kind of moving forward? Yeah, so there's two two answers to that question. One is kind of the academic dark side, and then right. one is the kind of the real life. So the first one, you know, I've really pitched to them, and this pitch will change over time. You're first. You get to come out of college or be in college with a skill set that, with a with the world changing technology, if you agree with my opinion, that everyone after you is going to be later. Yeah. And so, you know, vice president of sales at Adobe is here on their resume, and you're you're down here. Except for when it comes to Chat GPT and AI, you're right there. And so, it's such a rare opportunity for you to be an expert in something that that is leaps and bounds ahead of where you should be as a sophomore in college. So, I hope to kind of get them going. Wow, yeah, this is a really once in a lifetime opportunity to do because it is and so that's that's real the second thing is i want them to 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 recognize that if they use it exclusively the wrong way they're going to be in real life meetings they're going to be in live conversations and communication where they're not going to be able to say just a minute let me let me go ask chat gpt and so if they use that for all their knowledge it's going to backfire um and and so that'll be enough for but there's always gonna be a subset outside that's still going to take the path of least resistance. Yeah, I, I wonder if, if uh, there's going to be either companies or people that are re- rewarded for sort of some of the bad behavior that might come out. Um, I, I, I think back to the early days of, you know, the phone freaking and, and some of the stuff that Kevin Mitnick yeah. was doing where he was using the dial tone. This is how old I am. Uh, the dial tone to then break into some of these yeah, databases. Free, free long distance calls, um, and, right? And, the, and, you know, yeah. the War Games movie when he was hacking into trying to find video games. You know, the hell hacker technology, you've been, you know, eventually these guys now become security consultants and white hat versus yeah. black hat hacker. Do right. you think we right. might see that in this space too? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you start, you mentioned earlier, like 4chan and Reddit and stuff. There's, yeah. there's places you can go for all kinds. And they're already doing it. You should go look at some of the stuff that some 4chan communities are, are doing to get ChatGPT to do things that it doesn't really want to do. So it's uh, Dan, D A N, is, I just barely read about this. Uh-huh. So it's, you figured out some commands to get it to do stuff that it's not supposed to do. That's, so that scares me a little bit, Alex. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it, it's Terminator-esque kind of stuff, right? And so, but my students, I've shown them a couple of things on the academic side. I'm like, look, here's some here's some things out there. Because again, it's naive to think that they're not going to find that stuff on their own. And so I'd rather just talk about it right. and get it out open and let them know that they don't have to do that in my class. They can, they can embrace it and use it. So, but on the personal side, like out in life and stuff, the things you're talking about, that makes me very nervous because you start looking at some of like NVIDIA has got this technology where your eyes stay focused, where you're doing this. And, and you've seen the, probably the yep. video of the two AI uh, uh, people that, that have a conversation with each other that, that all they did was give it the first sentence, like, to say hello and, yep. and then it goes from there. So you start going out further and going, okay, uh, like, you know, anything that's video oriented, you can do all kinds of bad stuff with. And so here's, here's uh, you know, one, like let's say Putin dies and 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 they keep him alive uh, digitally, you right, know, and right. I mean, there's freaky stuff like that. But as far as my students go, I mean, yeah, they that's a that's a dark slope that, that they, some probably will uh, go down, but I, I mean, I don't know how to really address that other than like you said, it's just, it's just not a good way to, to approach life. Well, and, yeah, and it, it, it feels like then you have to make sure that, that ethics are being taught correctly at, at the university yeah. level and start requiring some sort of ethics class. I we, mean, we actually have a required ethics course yeah, in my degree. Yeah. Yeah. Business yeah. Ethics. 
So we will, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a professor of ethics on our show too at some point. Yeah, we'll, uh, that's interesting. There's a lot of ethical considerations about AI for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's all the time we've got today, Alex. Uh, thanks again for for joining us on this great conversation. Love to uh, love love chatting with you. Yeah, let's do it again. It was really fun. Thanks all right, thank you. Uh, and uh, don't forget to uh, like this video, subscribe to the channel, and add any comments that you have in the, uh, the space below. And join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.